Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Regaining your edge. Somebody say amen. Amen. Please turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10, verse number 10. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 10, verse number 10. The Bible says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Now, Bazalone, life in general is eternal. I always say it is up to you where you live your eternity and how you live your eternity. Many people think that when we talk about eternal life, we are talking about after-death experience. Eternal life is not an after-death experience. Eternal life is life that you live. It depends how you live it. So how you are going to spend the eternity after death is determined by the decisions that you make here and now. This is eternal life. As you and I are here right now, this is eternal life. And whoever else is out there, they are living their eternal life. They can be able to change the way they live their eternal life and where will they spend all of it, the remainder of it, by accepting Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. So there are two places that you can either finish it off and live it after death, but there is also a way that you can escape the after-death experience of eternal life that is not favorable to you. Somebody say amen. Amen. So it is a life with Christ how we should live life. God did not create us so that we can live eternal life outside of his presence. God created us so that our eternal life can be lived with him and in his presence presence. God wanted us to experience this life even in the beginning. And then sin came at the Garden of Eden and that's how we were separated from God. Living eternal life that is not favorable to us. But then God made a plan of redemption because eternal life is to know him. That's what the Bible says in the book of John chapter number 17 Verse number three, it says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is eternal life. And also, First um, John chapter number five, verse number 11, a beautiful scripture. The Bible says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Remember the scripture that says in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. The eternal life that we are supposed to have is only found in him, the one that is favorable to us as the children of God. Then verse number 12 says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. 
So whenever you hear people saying they are living their lives, they do not have life. There is no way that you can experience the fullness of life apart from the one who gives life. Apart from the one who is the giver of life. That's how you experience true life. And then in, in verse number 13 it says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God and that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So, Bazalone, believe me, you don't want to live your life outside of Christ. If there is anything that you need to fight for in your life, it is to remain in Christ so that you can live your life in him. And a life without Christ is not favorable to us. A life without Christ is not that which God had intended for us as human beings. A life without Christ is not a life that God wants for you because God has got a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God wants us to live a life that is in Christ because that's where we will find uh, our purpose. Somebody say amen. amen. So a life without Christ is dull. Number one, a life without Christ is dull. It lacks interest and excitement. It lacks the edge. A life without Christ is not exciting. You will also understand that sometimes you feel like nothing exciting is happening in your life until you get into the presence of the Lord. Until you make your way to church on a Sunday morning. And when you come out of church, you feel it as a different person. Why? It is because a life in Christ is exciting. But a life outside of Christ is not exciting. It's not interesting. A life without Christ is dull. It lacks that edge. Somebody say amen. amen. A life without Christ feels boring. It loses enthusiasm and it loses hope. A life without Christ is a life that does not have hope. That is why even at work, when you talk to someone who is discouraged, they tell you, how do you know things are going to be okay? When you say it's going to be fine, they don't understand, they cannot comprehend. How can you say things are going to be fine? Why? It is because their life does not have that edge. Their life lacks this enthusiasm. Their life lacks hope. But with us, the Bible says there is hope for a tree. The Bible calls us the trees of righteousness. It says there is hope for a tree, even though it may be cut down. But at the scent of the waters, it will sprout up back again. That is why whenever you have been cut down and things are not going your way, even your next door neighbor has got the same experience. But the difference between you and your neighbor is that there is hope in the inside of you. That though a tree may be cut down, I may be down today, but I know that at the scent of the waters, you can just give me one word from the Lord and I will spread, I will sprout back up again and somebody will be wondering but you were down yesterday, how come you have this edge again uh, this morning, it is because my life is not dull, 
my life is in Christ. My life has got hope. Life without Christ is hard. Life without, without Christ is very hard. Life without Christ requires natural strength. If you don't have Christ in your life, you must push with your own strength. You must do things with your own strength. You must keep yourself intact and uh, uh, you must keep yourself sane with your own strength. If you do not have Christ, it requires natural strength. It requires some super, uh, superficial power. That is why each and every person knows that there is something that is beyond them that they need to make it here on earth. That is why you will find people consulting mediums, consulting his nyanga, his angoma, and all of those things. It is because they know that as a human being, they, life is hard. There must be something of aid to you as a human being. So this life without Christ will always be hard. In the book of Genesis Chapter number three, verse number 17, the Bible says, then Adam, he said, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. So the ground that we are working on every day is a cursed ground, unless there is some form of supernatural power and supernatural endowment, it's always going to be hard. Life outside Christ is hard. But we are a people that have been helped by God. That is why he made a plan of redemption. He made a plan of redemption because he knew that we are not going to be able to even work the ground if we work it as cast as it is. We are not going to survive. Somebody say amen. Life without Christ is dull. A life without Christ is hard. A life without Christ leads to destruction and death. Proverbs chapter number 14 verse number 12. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. But, it, uh, but its end is the way of death. If you do not... If you are not living your life in Christ, you will always have to make decisions on your own. And you will be the last one to find out that that decision was leading you to death and destruction. Why? Because you have no one to direct you. You have no one to lead you. You have no one to guide you. A life apart from Christ has got no guidance. There is a difference between leading and guiding. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is our guide. So now, sometimes people think because they are led, they are guided. But we have the advantage in Christ because we are led and also guided. The difference between guiding and leading is that when I am leading you, I'm going to say, uh, you must go there. And when you go there, you don't know what's going to happen on your way to your there. But then guidance says, there is your destination. But you are going to come across a camera 
you must make sure that you maneuver around the camera so that you don't get distracted by the camera or you don't get tripped by the camera. That is guidance. That is the advantage that we have so that we don't get distraction, we, we don't get distracted in life, which leads to even death. Many people have died because they are not in Christ. They were not guided. They were led by their own emotions, but never guided. And they end up in the grave. Guidance is very important, but it is only found in Christ. It's only the Holy Spirit who is our guide. There is no any other supernatural endowment that anyone can claim to be a guide. Wherever you can go, whoever you can talk to, no matter how much they can advocate for their things, they can never guide them. But we have the Holy Spirit because our life is in Christ. And therefore, distraction is not supposed to be our portion because we are guided. Life outside Christ leads to destruction and even to death. God does not want us to just live ordinary lives that are, that are dull. But he wants us to live life to the fullest. He sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, so that he can give us life in abundance. Jesus came so that we may have life in abundance. He does not want us to live ordinary lives. When we live ordinary lives, lives that are not guided by the Spirit of God, we are watering down the plan of redemption. Because when God gave us the plan of redemption, it was because he knew that on our own, we will not be able to maneuver through life because life is hard. Life is hard. Somebody say amen. amen. So he wants us to live extraordinary, extraordinary lives. He does not want us to live our lives in sorrow. He does not want us to live our lives sifuhuza because that's the curse that was given because of sin in the Garden of Eden. It was not so in the beginning. In the beginning, everything was flowing smoothly and nicely. But because of sin, that is why I always say each time, you must know that you are going ahead of grace. God does not want us with his fools. Sometimes to the detriment of our own spiritual lives. You no longer have time to pray. No longer have time to come to church. No longer have time to read the word. No longer has time to inquire of the Lord. Why? It is because we are fools. But there is a factor that is called a blessing upon a Christian. When it comes upon you, you know that you are sick of things to fools anymore. You must work and your work must yield results. That does not promote laziness. But no fools is ungodly. Does not come from God. Somebody say amen. So now he wants us to live extra ordinary lives. God does not want us to live lives that are dull. He sent us Christ 
so that he can give us eternal life. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 10, verse number 10. It says that if the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Listen to it in the NLT. It says the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. So the enemy has got no business coming to you except to steal from you. Listen to it in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. So what occupies Satan in his mind every day, every minute, every hour? It says he wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. That is the primary purpose of Jesus Christ. That then the enemy comes in and tries to steal from us, to steal our peace, to steal our joy from doing what God has called us to do. Because his, his primary purpose is to steal from us. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, that's our life in Christ. Our life in Christ is life in abundance. Our life in Christ is the life that God wanted for us even in the beginning. And God so much wanted this life for us in such a way that when we lost it because of the sin that took place in the Garden of Eden, he quickly made a plan. That's how much he wants us to live this life. That's how much he wants us to live the life of abundance. So now when we find ourselves living a life in Christ, what does it mean when we live our life in Christ? When we live our life in Christ, we live it in righteousness. The life in Christ is righteous. When we come to Christ, we are changed by God. We are given a new nature so that we can live another kind of life that is not common to men. We, we, we then are transformed from glory to glory, even unto his likeness, because he is the one who is righteous. Somebody say amen. Our standard is Christ. Our standard is not men. The righteousness that is found in Christ, the righteousness that we do not even have to work for, but it is the righteousness that is found in Christ. So the, the, the goal that we need to have so that we can live this abundant life is to find ourselves in Christ. It is righteous. It is blessed. It is rich. It is wholesome. You will remember we taught in this year to live, that we are supposed to live a righteous life. We are supposed to live a blessed life. We are supposed to live a rich life. And we are supposed to live a wholesome life. If you were not here maybe, or you don't remember all of these teachings, I would recommend that you go on YouTube or on podcast and you download them and you listen to them. Because this is the kind of life 
that God wants us to live. He wants us to live a life that is intact, nothing missing, nothing broken, that we can be whole in our minds, we can be whole in our body, we can be whole in our spirit. So spirit, mind, and body, God wants us to live a life that is intact. God does not want you to be healthy in your body, but unhealthy in your mind. You are busy thinking about things that are not good. You are anxious because, and because the Bible teaches us to be anxious about nothing. But sometimes the soul causes us to be anxious at all times and our mind is busy telling us things that are not in line with the word of God for our lives. But God does not want us to be tormented by such thoughts. He wants us to be intact. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to live the abundant life that he died for. Listen to what the Bible says. It says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when you find yourself in Christ Jesus, you are finding yourself in a place where the newness of life is free of touch. The newness of life whereby you can be able to leave everything behind. In fact, it is us who remember our past. God does not remember us. God has got a place called the sea of forgetfulness. I love that place so much because each time I feel guilty about things that I did before the cross of Calvary, then God says to me, what are you talking about? Because all things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. We become new in Christ. You are new in Christ. And you are the best candidate for the abundant life that God wants us to live. Now that's our edge, our salvation, our life in Christ Jesus. That is our edge. Our new life in Christ, that is our edge. But what is this edge that are we talking about? An edge is an advantage. We have an advantage. Edge defined says an edge is an advantage that makes a person stronger or more likely to be successful than another. Than another thing or another person. An edge is an advantage. And we have that advantage as the children of God. In fact, we have an unfair advantage because we are all here on earth and we are all dressed in this human body which is limited. We all are with the flesh which is very, very much limited. However, as the children of God in Christ Jesus, we are made new and we have been given this edge. We have been given this unfair advantage that everyone else around us who is also in the flesh just like us is dealing with things in the flesh we are able to have access to a supernatural realm where we can be able to manipulate things so that they can favor us even though others are trying to do the same thing but we cannot be those because their edge is dull they do not have access 
to the spiritual realm where everything takes place before it can happen here on earth. If you don't believe me, I will tell you about Jesus who was in heaven in the spiritual realm but then was made flesh and had an advantage here on earth. Why? Because he was sent from above and many of us don't understand that even though we are here on earth, the Bible says in him we live, in him we move and in him we have our being. So in other words, as he is in us here on earth, we are also in him in heaven. We have a dealing with heaven. That is the advantage that we have that others do not have. But the problem with us as the saints, we do not know our advantage. We do not know the edge that we carry. That we are able to tap into the spiritual realm and manipulate things so that the outcome of whatever we are doing can favor us. We have that edge as the children of God. We have that advantage. The blood of Jesus Christ is an advantage for the saints. The anointing is an advantage for the saints. The grace is an advantage for the saints. The mercy of God is an advantage for the saints. The favor of God is an advantage for the saints. The supernatural power that comes by virtue of being in Christ is an advantage for the saints. So next time you find yourself having an obstacle towards your destiny, just like everybody else, you must be angry enough in the inside of you that whatever is chipping other people cannot chip me as well because I have an un an unfair advantage which is all of the things that I have counted and all of these things are spiritual we don't see them the, the, the limitations of our flesh has caused us not to understand who we are just because we are limited by the flesh by the body it has caused us not to use these advantages that we have not to use this edge that God has given us. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 1, verse number 19 says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before time began. As long as you are in Christ Jesus, there is something that God has given you. There is an edge that we are born with. But it can only be activated once we find ourselves in Christ Jesus. So as long as you are in Christ Jesus, under the sound of my voice, don't ever forget this advantage that you carry. This advantage that you have as a child of God. So it is in Christ where we discover God's calling and purpose for our lives. And each and every time, when God calls us and when God gives us the purpose for our lives, he gives us that edge. He gives us that unfair advantage. It comes with grace to fulfill that calling. It comes with grace to fulfill uh, that purpose that God, has in the, that God has called us for here on earth. No one is here on earth just to pass time. God has a purpose and God has a calling for each and every one of us. And it is only when we are in Christ Jesus that we then even gain the edge 
that he has given us when he first called us. Somebody say amen. amen. So whatever it is that you need to do here on earth, know that you are called for it. Amen. You are assigned by God for it. Never put yourself in a position where you compete with someone who has the edge for what they are doing. Never put yourself in that position. That position is going to discourage you. That position is going to cause you to even think that you are not doing well in life. Only to find that you are competing with someone who has the grace for what they are doing. But unfortunately, we are living in the world of people who look at what, they, at what others are doing and they feel like it's easy to do it because each time somebody does what they are called for, they make it look easy. When Messi is playing soccer, he makes it look so easy. That is why we are even able to comment and say you should have passed that way. You should have gone that way only to find that when you are the one on the pitch, Ibalenyawen. Only to find that as much as you are criticizing mercy, when it is time to swap positions, you will not be able to do what he does. Why? Because you are not called for it. You don't have the edge for it. He has his own edge for it. That is why he makes it look easy. But if roles can be swapped, then we will see who has the grace for it. And who does not have the grace for it? When they sing, it looks easy. Until they hand you the mic. That is why we, it's easy for us. That is why it's easy for us to criticize. But the advice I am giving us this morning, never put yourself in a position of competing with someone who has an edge for what they are doing. Because that edge is the grace. That edge is what carries them when nothing else is able to carry them. That is why many people, each time they do things that they see others do, they, they get on the way and then the grace does not kick in. Sometimes we are carried by the grace of what we are doing. It's not because every day we are able to come and be on fire for God and preach every Sunday. No, it's not that we feel like doing it every day, but sometimes it's the grace that kicks in when your body does not want to do it anymore, when your mind cannot comprehend it anymore. The grace will carry you as though you are doing it easy, as if it never tires you, but it does tire you. It's just that there is grace for it. There's the edge for it. There's the edge for it. There's the edge for it. Never put yourself in a position of competing with someone who's called for it. Do an assignment for yourself of finding out what am I called for? What is the purpose that God had for me to be here on earth? Now that is going to be your edge. When everyone is failing at it, you never fail at it. Even when there are setbacks, you bounce back again. Why? Because you have the edge for it. You are called for it. When someone goes through what you go through in your calling can die. 
They can die. They can drop dead. But you are still here, still standing. Why? It's because it's not because of your might. It's not because of your power. But it is because of the grace. If anyone here called for different things can tell us their stories for 2022, you will be shocked and you will thank God that you are operating in your own gift. You are operating in your own calling. You are operating in your own purpose. Why? Because if they can tell you what they have had to endure, you will not be able to endure it one bit. Because it takes the edge. It takes the grace. Never put yourself in that position. Now when the Bible says if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen it, you need more strength. That's when when you don't sharpen this edge. Your fools are in business. Your fools are in your career. Your fools are in your marriage. Your fools are in every... You are toiling. In everything that you are doing. Other people even think they are not called for what they are doing. But it is because they are not sharpening the edge. The edge is dull. It's dull. It's dull. So how do we sharpen the edge? Here, what is this edge about as an acronym so that you will be helped? It is the spirit of excellence. Taking the little that you have and do your best with it. Remembering that you are called for it. And as much as you are called for it, someone who is God has called you for it. And he has given you the resources for it. All that you need to do is to take what God has given you and do your best with it and then leave everything to him. Do what you can do and leave to God what only God can do. Now that's the spirit of excellence. Making sure that whatever it is that you have in as far as your calling and your purpose is concerned, you use it to its maximum potential and then leave it everything else to God to do what only God can do. Daniel chapter number 6 verse number 3 the Bible says then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and set traps because an excellent spirit was in him. So why must I contend for this excellent spirit? Because it, it will distinguish you. It will cause you to be distinguished from any other in the game that which God has called you in. Number two, diligent. Diligence. You must be diligent. You must be careful and persistent. You must put an effort in what you are doing. Proverbs chapter number 22, verse number 29. The Bible says, See thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. So, your diligence will cause you to stand before kings. In any sphere of influence where God has called you, you will not stand before anyone. I always say, I gun for the decision makers. But it is diligence that will cause you to have audience with the decision makers. 
Because in most cases, people are going to tell you that things are not going to, be, to happen because their power, they, can, they can't make decisions. The power that they carry, they cannot make decisions. But it is only diligence that will cause you to stand before decision makers. There are many people who were rejected by reason of not standing before the decision maker himself. Rejected by someone who did not even have the power to say yes or no. But diligence will cause you to even work the armor steps and get in front of kings. And not just mean men who are just going to dismiss you. But diligence will cause you to stand in front of kings. Kings that are going to decide there and there. There is an email that kings can make which says, please assist. Nothing else. Just that phrase can take you to the next level. Just that phrase can take you to higher heights. Just that phrase can cause you to be well on your way to fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. Just that phrase can cause your calling to be made global. Why? Because the decision maker, the king, by reason of the edge, by reason of diligence, just said, please assist. How many CVs have been thrown in the dustbin? You are sitting at home, you are waiting, but the CV is in the dustbin. But diligence will cause the king to send an email to another king because the language is king to king. Please assist. Please assist. That's all. Nothing else. Sometimes not even a greeting because they know how they communicate. So when he has said, please assist, it means I must open a door for this person. Only diligence, only the edge that only God can give you will be able to cause you to stand before kings. It will give you grit. You must have grit. The edge is supposed to give you grit. Courage. Resolve. Strength of character. That edge is supposed to give you grit. And scattered all over the Bible are stories of courage. Stories of grit. In the kingdom of God, you will never win no matter how God wants you to win unless you are courageous. No matter how much God predestined for you to be great in life, if you lack courage, you will never realize those dreams and you will never fulfill the purpose of God. I always say timidity is not the fruit of the spirit because God knew that we need grit here on earth. God knew we need courage here on earth. So when we are always looking down, always not sure about ourselves, always making sure that we are in the back seat, we will never fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. But the edge that we are talking about this morning gives us the grit. It gives us the courage. We need to exercise that that, 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 that element of our salvation. We are courageous people all over the Bible. Stories of courage. And I pray that God may give you the courage 
the courage to face anything that may come your way in pursuit of your destiny. I pray that God will give you the courage to, to even attempt great things for the kingdom of God. I pray that God will give you the courage to do the work that he has called you to do. That even though the, the, end is, the year is coming to an end, but I'm praying for somebody this morning that they may be courageous, that timidity may leave them, that they may be able to put on the face of a lion and go out there and do that which God has called them to do. I'm praying for somebody this morning that even though you are in Christ Jesus, but you did not know that you have a benefit of courage in, in the inside of you there is an edge that will give you courage that will cause you to be resolved in your decisions to be resolved in your calling to know that I am called for this somebody asked me what has kept you for 18 years in the ministry I said what has kept me more than anything else is knowing for sure that I am called for this once you know for sure you are called for it Go for it and be courageous. Don't be timid. Don't look down upon yourself. Be courageous for any task that is at hand. Be strong and be courageous. Cry, but go forward. Sweat, but go forward. Fail, but go forward. Feel discouraged sometimes, but go forward. Feel as though nothing is moving. But go forward. Feel as though nothing is taking shape. But go forward. Feel as though it's not happening for you. But it's happening for others. But go forward. Whatever feeling that you may find yourself feeling. Know that there is a courage that comes from above. That is alluded for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the edge that God has given us. The devil is not cheering you on. But he wants to steal from you. You need to be courageous. There is courage as much as he is trying to pull you down. But there is courage enough in you to push through any obstacle that he may throw your way. Joshua, you are supposed to take over from Moses. Be strong and be courageous. Esther, you are supposed to be the queen. But you need to be strong and courageous as much as you are anointed as much as you are called for it if you lack the courage to stand before the king Esther then the king will not know about you unless you are courageous enough to take the step to stand before the king that is how you will find favor because favor will only come if the king sees you but if you are timid and you are you are you are shy and you are drawing back and you are not sure about yourself and you are not sure about your calling you will never take the step of going to appear in front of the king as much as it was ordained for you Esther to, to ascend the throne and become the queen chances are you will die without realizing that dream by lack of courage but this morning I am here to encourage Joshua to encourage Esther to encourage Deborah you can arise and go for battle as much as it has never happened that a woman will be on, in charge of an army but there is a fast for everything only be courageous only have courage enough in your calling 
and go for it. You may never realize your dream unless you take a step of courage. A courageous step. And it's available for us. Let us stand. Father, we thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.